If you're looking for another surprising investigation into the criminal justice system, check out Bear Brook from New Hampshire Public Radio, hosted by me, Jason Moon. Bear Brook is back with an update on our second season. Jason Carroll is serving life in prison for a murder he says he did not commit. Now, the biggest development in the case in 35 years could lead us one step closer to the truth. Listen to the complete second season of Bear Brook, now available wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Previously on Missing and Murdered, Finding Cleo. There's unanswered questions out there that, that something's not right. If she was killed, how? What? I think I'm just staying alive just to sort of fulfill this promise. So I logged on when we got home, and so I was just going through a bunch of different databases. It was getting late. It was like midnight at this point. What were you searching? Like, were you searching Cleo? Were you searching girl? I used first name Cleo and birth year 1965. And up came this hit. What was the reaction when you saw a headstone with the first name Cleo? My heart skipped a beat. So we had a name, a birth date, a potential grave marker, and also a small town. We needed to go to New Jersey. I'm Connie Walker, and this is Missing and Murdered, Finding Cleo, an investigative podcast by CBC News. About a quarter of a mile, left turn onto Church Road. So Church Road? No, you said Coates, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's two cemeteries with this exact same name. One's old, one's new. My producer Marnie and I are in a rental car. We've just turned off the New Jersey Turnpike and are trying to find a small township called Medford in Burlington County. Specifically, we're looking for the old Parkview Cemetery. Oh, wait, there's Coates. Coates. Oh, good, good, good. Found it. Left turn ahead onto Coates Street. Then you are two-tenths of a mile from your destination. Oh, there it is, right. there it is. Oh, I think we could find it. I don't think it doesn't look that big. Mm-hmm. It's been a few weeks since Marnie's late-night internet search. We're at this old cemetery because we think that somewhere here is the grave of a young girl named Cleo, who died in 1978. How are you feeling? I feel nervous. Me too. Me too. I'm nervous because, on one hand, this kind of feels like a long shot. But on the other, it feels like it might actually be the clue we've been searching for. Someone, somewhere, just randomly uploaded a picture of a headstone for a girl named Cleo onto a website called findagrave.com. The website says this photo was taken from this cemetery, but we need to confirm that it actually was. And we're not sure if that Cleo is the same girl that we've been searching for for months the girl who was born in Saskatchewan and adopted into this state more than 40 years ago, Cleo Semaginis. I almost don't want to find it. Why not? I don't know. I just feel like I'm not sure. I just... Mm. Um, not that I don't want to find it, but... It just feels weird to be here at this point after all this time. It's a sunny morning in late May. 
Memorial Day is coming up, so there are dozens and dozens of little American flags next to the headstones of veterans throughout the cemetery. We start at the east end and walk through row by row, looking at every headstone for the name Cleo. The cemetery is bigger than it seemed from the car, and I realize it could take a while to check every one. But it looks like it would be one of those smaller ones, those gray ones, like, like that one that says Roberta Adams. Mm-hmm. We brought a copy of the photo that Marnie found online. We're looking for a small gray headstone. It's rectangular shaped, but with a little curve on top. But it doesn't have a cross. Mm-hmm. The woman who posted it told us in an email that finding and posting pictures of grave sites is a hobby of hers. She's uploaded thousands of photos on findagrave.com and didn't remember finding this particular one. We're looking for beloved daughter. Beloved daughter, Cleo L. Madonia. So it says, beloved daughter, Cleo L. Madonia, May 7th, 1965 to December 22nd, 1978. The headstone has the full name of the girl who died in 1978, Cleo L. Madonia. If this is the Cleo we've been searching for, we now know her adopted name and are closer than ever to solving the mystery surrounding her death. It's quiet here, which is good because I imagine we're a strange sight with our microphone and camera walking through, scanning each and every headstone. Because there's that one in the middle that looks like, see with the snow, it has a little snowman next to it, and it looks kind of old. We haven't told Cleo's siblings about our trip here yet. We don't want to get their hopes up for something that could turn out to be a wild goose chase. Before we tell them anything, we need to find this Cleo's gravesite and try to find out who she is and how she died. We need to be 100% certain whether or not this is actually their sister, the Cleo they've been searching for for decades. Oh, just wait. I think I can... Do you think that's it? Oh, let's go check. I don't think it says beloved daughter. Let me just... No, it doesn't. It says no, no. Roger Button. But that's very similar, though, the shape. Madonia, M-A-D-O-N-I-A. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have crosses, but doesn't look like it. <gasps> there it is. It's so small. Wow. We found it. Cleo L. Madonia's grave. Is this Cleo? It looks smaller than the others, but it is it? It's almost like it's sunk down it's, a little yeah. more. Maybe it's sunken in. Just all by itself. It feels surreal to be standing here, right in front of a grave of a girl who, no matter who she is, died a tragic young death. It doesn't look like anyone's been here to see it in a while. Beloved daughter, Cleo L. Madonia, May 7, 1965 to December 22, 1978. That's right before Christmas. Mm -hmm. She would have been 13. Mm -hmm. Whoever Cleo is, if it's Cleo from Saskatchewan, Mm -hmm. or if 
Cleo Madonia someone else. Before we got here, we searched online for any information about Cleo L. Madonia. But all that came up was the photo of this headstone from findagrave.com. We're only in town for a few days. If we're going to find out if this is Cleo Semeganus, we need to do it here, now, while we're on the ground. Oh, she's, she's looking at She's like, she's wondering what we're doing. Hi there. How are you? Across the street, a woman comes out of her house with her two dogs. We were looking for a particular grave site there. Yeah, so we're from Canada and we're uh-huh. looking for a girl who died, we think around 1978. Her, and her name was Cleo and she was adopted into New Jersey. Oh, and you're looking for somebody. Yeah, we're looking for somebody. Say the last name again. Madonia. Madonia or Madonia? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's right over here on the far side of the... Yeah, okay. You knew where it was? Yeah, yeah. It's like the second or third in. Stop it. But you don't know any Madonias? No. 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 No, and I've, I've been around here a long time. I, that doesn't rec- I don't recognize that at all. Any recollection from around that time, like in the 70s? Did you ever hear anything about a young girl dying or anything like that? What? Oh, oh you mean strangely? Well, we don't know, actually, oh. but we heard that she might have been killed. Whoa. No, 78. Okay, have you, have you got in touch with the, the um, man that uh, runs the cemetery? No, what's his name? Yeah, it's Earl something, yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. And what's your name? Nancy. Thanks, Nancy. You're welcome, hon. I hope you find it, but Earl's, Earl, would, Earl would help you if he can, because he, he keeps close records. There are two Parkview cemeteries in Medford, New Jersey. The old one, where we are, and a brand new one just a few minutes away. A visit to Earl at the new mausoleum and crematorium seems like a logical next step. Parkview Cemetery, Kirby's Mill. We don't know what records, if any, they'll have about Cleo Madonia, or even if they have them, what we'll be able to access. But it's not unheard of for cemetery records to include a death certificate, which may also list a cause of death. Hello. Hi. How are you? Doing great. How are you all? Good. Is Earl in today? Ah, uh, he's somewhere on site. Okay. Um, yes. let me um go let Earl know. Sure. That that you're here. Okay. Um, oh, are you Earl? Yes. Hi, I'm Connie. Connie Hi. Walker. Nice um, to meet you. I'm a reporter from CBC, Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Hi. This Hi, is Marty. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Um, so I was explaining that we're working on a story about a Canadian girl who was uh, adopted from Canada into New Jersey in the 70s and her siblings are looking for her, but they don't know any information about where she died or What's what happened to her. Her name is Cleo. That's the first name? The first name, but we think we found... Fa- well, we th- there's, a, there's a Cleo Madonia in the old grave site from, mm-hmm. who died in 1978 on December 22nd, and she has the same birth year as the Cleo we're looking for, so we're wondering if that's the Cleo that we're, we're actually looking for. Oh, that's good. That's good. Let's walk through here. Sure. Watch your step, please. Sure. Earl takes us away from the reception, 
punches in a code for a locked door, and leads us through a few dark rooms to his office. As we pass through the rooms, I notice a strange smell that reminds me where we are. It's unnerving. Sure. Earl's office looks like it's actually a garage that he's converted. He sits behind a small cluttered desk and has a laptop open in front of him. Thanks. Yeah, this is... We took a picture. Um, this is at our cemetery? Yeah, at the old one. Along with a big fan near the ceiling when you walk in, there's also a little fan on his desk, pointed directly at him. I mean, this is all the information I would have on it. I don't know if I'd be able to tell who... The only thing is, I have a book that says who's the owner. I would look up the obituary somehow if you can find out who the funeral director was. The funeral director may have the actual death certificate. Let's see. M-A-D-O-N-I-A. Seventy-eight's the right year, and it's the right name. So I'm going to go into our grave book one. It says page reference number 108. What's I go that? Into 108. Earl's grave book is actually an old brown spiral notebook. It's a small ledger. Every entry is handwritten. It says where each gravesite is in the old cemetery, and the name of the people who paid for the plots. So if we go into 108, and it should be grave ID R64.4. So... Oh, there it is. There it is. It says name Louis... J. and Lee Madonia. Date. Just says 1978. They paid $250 for the grave. So Louis and Lee is probably the parents of that child. So they just purchased the one, the one grave. Yes, I mean obviously she. This is the the baby's thirteen years old here, so or the child. If this is Cleo, Earl's little notebook contains the names of the people who likely adopted her, and the full name of the daughter they buried. Here we go. Cleopatra. C L E O P A T R A. Madonia, M-A-D-O-N-I-A. That was done by Bradley Funeral. It says age 13. That's, that was her full name, Cleopatra? Yeah. That was, that's the full name of the girl that we're looking for? Yeah. That's, she's right here. Cleopatra. Cleo Semaginus's full name was also Cleopatra. This is not 100% confirmation that we found her, but if this isn't Cleo Semaginus, these are some pretty remarkable coincidences. But that's one of the best funeral homes in New Jersey, Bradley Funeral Home. You can go talk to Jill, Jill Bradley Ingram. She's the owner. Actually, her father was here just a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. They would have records back then. The funeral home would have maybe a death certificate or something like that? Yeah, that's where I would start if it was me. Is there an obituary? Uh, I'm not finding one that far back. But you can go to Bradley Funeral Home and ask them. 
All right, we'll head over there. Thank you very much. Right. That it's was a really, pleasure. That I was really helpful. We leave the cemetery office and arrive at Bradley Funeral Home, one town over in Marlton, New Jersey. Jill, what was her last name? Bradley. Jill Bradley. Oh, Jill Bradley, manager. It's closed. Okay, well, we'll have to come back tomorrow. Should we go to the library? The library is up in, it's, it's uh, up in Burlington. Okay, is that, is that far? It's, it's about half an hour away. Um, we contacted so. the local library, and they sent us an obituary for Cleo Madonia. It appeared in the local paper in 1978. It said private funeral services were held for Cleo L. Madonia, 13, of Marlton. She is survived by her parents, Louis J. and Leonora Madonia, and a brother, Louis A., we searched online for information about the Madonias. It looks like her father died a few years ago. We find an address for her mother in Marlton, New Jersey. But because we're not sure how Cleo died or what the circumstances were, we're not ready to reach out to her yet. I came to the Navajo Nation looking for answers after an indigenous elder vanished in the dead of night. But I soon found something else a tangled web of violence and retaliation. It's survival out there. That's what it is. It's about survival. Those guys know something. I just think they're afraid to say it. People know you can get away with murder out there. I'm Connie Walker. Listen to Stolen, Trouble in Sweetwater on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there. We're wondering where we could access old newspapers and microphones. We go to the library in person, because if we have the right Cleo and she was murdered, there could be something in the local paper about the crime. Burlington County Times. We start scrolling through reels of microfilm. I'm just going to go all the way to the end and then come back. I just want to see what's there on the 22nd to the 26th. So this is the first, if she died on the 22nd, this is the first time anything would potentially even be in the paper. So this is the 24th. Decomposed skeletal remains of a human body were found. New trial ordered on injured girls award. Hunters discover decomposed body. There seemed to be a lot of crime in the news in 1978. John Wayne Gacy Jr. John Wayne Gacy had just confessed to killing over two dozen boys in Illinois. Here in Burlington County, they were reporting on homicides, assaults, and suicides. And the state police and Burlington County Major Crimes Unit are investigating to determine if it is a possible homicide. December 20th, okay. Remains found. And then a story about an attack on a teenager jumps out at us. Attempted rape. So you just happened on this? Yeah. Attempted rape of hitchhiker in Medford, which is really close to Marlton, right? December 7th, 1978. Medford police here are investigating attempted rape of a Cherry Hill teenager last Wednesday. Investigators said the girl was hitchhiking and she was picked up by a man described in his late 20s operating a medium to full-size car with red body and white vinyl top. 
She was taken to Worrell Field in Medford where the alleged attack occurred shortly after 7 p.m. The victim said the driver gave his name as either Mike or John and said he was from Pensacon. Oh my God. We have no idea who this girl is, but the horrifying details in this story sound kind of familiar. The girl in the paper survived the attack. It happened in early December, three weeks before Cleo Madonia's death. It might not be related at all, but I can't help but think about Cleo Semaginus and the story that her family heard about her death, that she tried to hitchhike back home to Saskatchewan and was picked up and assaulted before she was killed. I wonder again what truth there is to that story that Christine wrote, the story that started us on this journey. I hope that while we're here, we get some concrete answers. The 26th was the day that she was buried, it said, right? Okay, these are the death notices for Tuesday, December 26th. William Andrews, William Finnegan, Marion Lee. We searched through the rest of the archives for that month, but we don't find any mention of Cleo Madonia or anything about the murder of a young girl in Marlton. The library will be closing in 45 minutes. If you have any monetary transactions to complete, okay. or need my credit card, please come to the circulation. Okay, let's go. It's going to be a short drive. Six minutes away. Where are we off to? The next morning, we head back to Bradley Funeral Home, where we know that Cleo Madonia's service took place. All right. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. Is Jill Bradley here? No, she's not. Do you know when she'll be in? She's out running errands, and then okay. she won't be in at all this afternoon. Okay. Oh, okay. I wonder if there's anyone else we could talk to. We're actually, um, we were over at, uh, the Medford Cemetery talking to Earl. Oh, that's where she is actually right oh, now. Oh, really? She oh. just had it over there. Oh. She takes someone to the crematory. Oh. And then, uh. And then, and then she's not going to be here this afternoon. Okay. Anyone of the directors can help you. Do you have a question? Or? Yeah, we do have a question. Um, so um, we were actually we were over at the Medford Cemetery um, looking for this gravestone. It was a girl who died in 1978. Okay. And she was 13 years old, and her name was Cleo Madonia. And um, do we do this? Um, did we do this? Yeah. Funeral? Yeah. He said he said that you guys did, but okay. I mean, it was in 1978, so it was a yeah, long time ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago. So. Um, you couldn't find the headstone. Is that what we you're did? Telling? No, we found the headstone. Oh, okay. But the reason we're journalists from Canada, and the uh-huh. reason we're we're looking for her is that she there was a girl who was adopted from Canada um, in the 1970s, whose family was told she died in 19 around 1978. Uh, uh, so we're trying to find out if this is if the this right is her. girl. So, um, so the, I don't know. If, were you here in the 70s? No. <laughs> no, I was 13. So, uh, okay, let me, f- all right, have a seat. I'm going to see if I can uh, find the book that the record is in. Okay. So, December 22nd, 78. Yeah. I have to go down the basement. Great. So, have a seat there. Sure. sure. December 78. Yeah. 22nd, December 22nd, 1978. The receptionist leaves us in the foyer and goes down a staircase in search of the records from 1978. I 
think everything we want to know is going to be in that book. Mm-hmm. That certificate, though? I don't know. I don't know if she's going to share any information with us. I think it's kind of unlikely. But I was surprised that we were able to see the records at the cemetery office. Things seem different in the States. Saying you're a journalist seems to open doors that they might not in Canada. <clears throat> I know she wants us to sit. I can't sit. Yeah, I feel so nervous. But she's back within a few minutes and has a file of papers in her hand. Wow, what's that? That's her file. Amazing. Yeah. But she doesn't hand them over. She keeps them close to her, behind her desk. Student. Okay. Jill said she was 13 years old in 1978. The same age as Cleo Madonia. It's a long shot, but I show her the picture we have of Cleo, the one we've been carrying around with us for months. So are you from here as well? Did you, I was just wondering if you would recognize her photo. No, no. I don't think so. Okay. I am from here, but no, I don't recognize her picture. But then she looks at the photo again. Oh, wait a minute. This is Cleo. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes, we, um, wow. Yeah, she and I were friends. What? Yes. Yeah, she, let me, wait a minute, let me think for a second. Uh, we were in, uh, fifth grade, sixth grade, no, middle school. Are you recording me? Yes, is that okay? No, it's not. Oh, we're doing, we're doing a documentary for her family. Her siblings are looking for her. And this is, um... I would just rather you didn't record me, if that's okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, So uh, you turned it off. Yeah, okay. Um... I stop recording. I can't believe it. We found Cleo, the girl we've been searching for for months. We found her. And not only that, we're talking to someone who knew her. Someone who was her friend. Someone who doesn't want to be recorded. I'm crushed. The woman doesn't ask us to leave, though. She keeps talking. Her name is Jill Slim. She's not the Jill we came to see, but I'm so glad that she is the one that we found. What are the odds? Jill can't believe it either. She keeps saying, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. It starts to sink in that we're talking about her friend Cleo, and she gets emotional. Even though I'm disappointed, I can understand her hesitation about being recorded. Jill starts telling us about the day that Cleo died. She remembers it vividly. It was a few days before Christmas in 1978, and Jill was hosting a party. She invited all of her girlfriends to come over to her house, including Cleo. Everyone brought an ornament to help trim the tree. The party had started, but Cleo didn't show up. As Jill is telling this story, I feel panicked. This is the moment we found Cleo and are hearing details about her life and her death. Details that her siblings have been searching and longing for. I'm not taking notes, neither is Marnie. Everything is happening so quickly, and I'm worried we're missing something important, something crucial. So I make a split-second decision and hit the record button again. Didn't show up to the party, didn't show up to the party, didn't show up to the party, so my mom called, my mom called her house, and they told me what had happened. 
So. In my mind, I think Jill is shocked right now. Well, first of all, I want to tell you what we're doing here so okay. you have a better sense. But, um... but maybe once she has time to process and hear more about what we're doing and why. Cleo had five siblings from Saskatchewan and they've been searching for her their entire lives. She might change her mind and maybe she'll be okay with it and let us use what I'm recording for the podcast. And even if she doesn't, even if she still says no, it's important to record what she says for our notes, for accuracy. So I keep recording. Oh my gosh, I don't know if I could do this. I'm just not ready to do this right now. Oh my gosh. Luckily, Jill would change her mind. Okay, so what do you want to know? Months later, after we'd met again, she agrees to let us use what I recorded that day in the funeral home, her reaction, after we realized that the girl that we've been searching for is her friend Cleo. I can't believe that we found you. Yeah. Oh my gosh, like this is just crazy. But that's her. Just, that's definitely her. She was really, really tall. She was taller than all of us. Wow. But that's her. She was really small here. I was in... I was 1978, so I was 13, so I was in middle school. What school? Marlton Middle. Marlton Middle School? Yeah, Marlton Middle. Would there be a photo of her, like a yearbook or anything yeah, like that? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I probably have a yearbook picture of her at home. Oh my gosh. Oh no. A middle school? Do I have a middle school yearbook? I can't believe that you know her. Oh my it's gosh. Funny. We've been looking, I we've been looking for her. And Gina and I were just talking about her. Who is Gina? Gina is just my my. We were just best friends in, in school, and we were friends with Cleo. How long was she in New Jersey, do you, do you she know? She very... I, honestly, I don't have much recall of her, only... She was just in my class, that's all I know. It was, it was just tragic. I think I know how she died, but I, I'm not positive. Even though Jill says she's not sure, I think she actually knows how Cleo died. But she is adamant. She can't be the one to tell us what happened to Cleo. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm, sorry. I, I'm really, really sorry. Can you she died? You can try the police department. Yeah. They might have a record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you even tell us yet just what the story was going around? This isn't official cause no, of death. No, I'm just sorry. even what the. I can't. I really. I just am not. Yeah. It was tragic. It was just a tragedy. Is it something you think police may have info on file? I'm sure. About? I'm sure the police were called. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. The whole time we're here, Jill is texting with her friend Gina, who was also Cleo's friend. And I know. I have a yearbook with her picture in it. I know I do. Is there any possible? She looked just like that. She was really? just really, really tall. Did her hair change? No. It was, it was really straight bangs. Yeah. Did she talk about being adopted? No. I don't. I see, I have such a vivid. It was eighth grade. Yeah. Do you remember much from eighth grade? No. I mean, it was horrible, right? Eighth grade. <clears throat> This has obviously thrown Jill for a loop. She's reeling, and she's still at work. Bradley's here home. We ask if we can meet up with her later, 
but she has an appointment right after work and is heading out of town first thing tomorrow. Ugh, what are the odds? Yeah, I know. What are the odds, right? And I'm looking at this paper and I'm looking at this picture and I, hmm. And I go downstairs and I'm looking for 78 and, oh no, no, 78 is upstairs and Cleo. Cleo Madonia. I'm so sorry, this must be really shocking for you guys. We were friends, the three of us, we were friends. We agree to touch base with Jill, and hopefully Gina, later in the day. I sense she's feeling so overwhelmed, and we want to give her some space. But we're really hoping she'll agree to meet with us this evening. Yeah, we can, we can call you back in a couple hours. so much to do to go away. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, let me think about it. Thank you very much. Back in the car, Marnie and I are also a bit in shock. Yeah. We call Heather, our senior producer, on yeah. the phone. Okay. So we have found Cleo. We found we found Cleo. And the funeral, or the, the, the man at the cemetery, you know, told us her full name was Cleopatra. And her friend knew that was her full name as well. And she, I mean, she recognized right. her right. photo. Yeah. Then you have found her. I just, I keep thinking about Johnny. He's only like an hour away from here. And it just, yeah. it's just heartbreaking to think that they were only an hour apart when this was happening, whatever, whatever happened to Cleo. Even just the detail that she was, like, she was invited to a tree trimming party where everyone brings their own ornament with other girls in her grade 8 class. It just, uh, and it was, it just reminds you it was so close to Christmas and, yeah, it's just, it's yeah. just, it's a lot. It is a lot, Yeah. Yeah, any one of these things would be a lot on their own, and then for it all to be together in in the life of a little girl, basically a young girl. We know that we need to tell Cleo's siblings now that we found her. Johnny is just a few hours away in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. We contemplate going to tell him in person. But today is also our only chance to talk more with Jill and her friend Gina, and to hear more about what life was like for Cleo in New Jersey. And before we talk to Cleo's siblings, we want to find out more about what happened to her. How did she die? Was she murdered, like her family has always believed? Why won't Jill tell us what happened to her? We take Jill's advice and head to the local police station. Hi! Um, I'm a journalist with the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation um, in Toronto, Canada, and I'm working on a story about a girl who died in New Jersey in 1978, and I'm wondering if um, anyone from your police department worked here in 1978 who might uh, be able to help. I don't know. Um, you would have to speak to one of the officers, but right now they're all out on a critical case. There's no one here, and they might be gone for a couple hours. So do you want me to give you a phone number? You can talk to somebody? Okay. Sure, yeah. I'm going to give you the, the, the number of Lieutenant Friel. He's our public information officer, and he might either be able to help you or to direct you. And he's not in right now? There's nobody here right nobody now. Nobody here? Yeah. What's going on? Uh, we're not allowed to discuss it. Okay. A police standoff continues to disrupt the South Jersey neighborhood this afternoon. Well, that's where a man has barricaded himself inside of a residence. The police may not want to tell us, but it's all over the local news. 
So it seems like on-duty officers will be tied up today. Yes, I'm so sorry. Normally we would try to do whatever we could. Okay, thanks very much. Sorry about that. Thank you very much. So I just got a text from Jill at the funeral home, and she says, I'm going to try to find... The Jill and Gina have decided they will meet us tonight. That's good. I feel like she was just so overwhelmed in the moment. But just to talk, they're not ready for an interview. We meet at a local diner, and as promised, we leave our microphone behind. Jill and Gina are clear about their intentions. They're talking to us for Cleo's siblings. They want to help them learn more about their sister help them get to know the girl Jill and Gina considered a friend. They're shocked about us showing up out of the blue, and we're wary about talking to journalists. But the more we talk, the more comfortable they become. They tell us again about the moment they found out that Cleo died. We talked to them for over an hour. It's the most I've heard about what Cleo was like. I don't want to forget a thing, so as soon as we're back in the car, I go over everything they told us. Okay. All right. Where to begin? Um, so we just we just left the Marlton Diner. Jill remembers her mom sitting down, all the girls on a sectional in the living room, and her mom sitting on a coffee table and telling all the girls that Cleo died, and then all of their mothers came to pick them up, and they were all upset. And they also said they remember. The funeral was on the 26th, but they weren't allowed to go. It was a private funeral. They share memories of Cleo and paint a picture of her that I've never heard before. They said that she was happy and that she laughed and that she she just always had a big smile on her face and she, she was just a goofball and that she, she was really happy. They just kept saying over and over again. It's such a contrast to Johnny's last memory of Cleo and the Cleo we've been hearing about the young girl who was taken away from her mother and who was so upset about being sent away for adoption. I hope that hearing about this Cleo, the happy Cleo, gives her family some comfort. They said she didn't talk about what happened before she was adopted, except once she said something about how her real mom named her Cleopatra. And... When we were talking about her other siblings, Gina thought she might have mentioned something about a sister. But they said that she didn't really talk about that. Jill and Gina brought two photos of Cleo, and I was struck by how different they were. The first one was Cleo's grade 5 class picture, taken the year she arrived in New Jersey. Cleo stands out because she's tall and she's wearing a bright yellow top. Gone are her crooked bangs, her dark brown hair is cut perfectly straight, and it looks so shiny. I love this photo because Cleo is smiling and she looks really happy. The second is a black and white photo from her grade 8 yearbook. Her hair is longer and her face is fuller. Around her neck is a white seashell necklace. Cleo doesn't look like a little girl anymore. She has a small smile on her face, but it doesn't look genuine. Underneath the picture, it says, Respectfully remember Cleo Madonia. It was taken just a few months before she died. I wonder what she was going through. What happened in those three years in New Jersey? Did Cleo try to run away from here? Why? Was she trying to hitchhike back to Saskatchewan? 
They didn't, they didn't know anything about the 60s scoop or about residential schools. Um, Gina just kept saying, so they just come into your house and take your kids? And she just seemed really shocked by that. They said that they wanted to meet with Johnny. They wanted to meet with Cleo's siblings. But they both remembered finding out and how they found out about her death. They didn't want to talk about it. They didn't want to tell us how she died. They didn't want to get into that at all, but they said, you need to get the death certificate. You need to find out on your own. But before we go any further, we need to talk to Cleo's siblings, to Johnny, Christine, Mark, and April. They need to know that we found their sister. On the next Missing and Murdered, Finding Cleo, we visit the house where Cleo lived and meet her adoptive mother. The reason we're calling is that they found uh, Cleo's grave. Oh my God. Where? It's in New Jersey. Oh yeah, something happened for a perfectly healthy 13-year-old to die, right? Hi, I'm looking for Lee Madonia. Hi Lee, my name is Connie Walker. Missing and Murdered, Finding Cleo is written and hosted by me, Connie Walker. Our producers are Marnie Luke and Jennifer Fowler. Mika Anderson is our audio producer, and our senior producer is Heather Evans. To subscribe to our podcast, search Missing and Murdered, Finding Cleo on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can also listen to the podcast on our website at cbc.ca slash findingcleo. We've posted some more photos of Cleo there, the ones her friends showed us from the time she lived in New Jersey. Again, you can see those at cbc.ca slash findingcleo. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.